I'm Jordan Belfort, and this is Sales School. NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. Bottom line, it gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. It's everything you need all in one place. In fact, over 21,000 companies are using NetSuite right now, so you'll be in great company right alongside them. So let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com school. Hey guys, Jordan Belfort here, the real wolf of Wall Street, and it is time for another awesome episode of Sales School, the place where you get your daily dose of sales knowledge and wisdom. Now you guys know either one of two things happens on Sales School, either I talk for about 10 or 15 minutes and give you a tip, some sort of strategy that you can execute that will increase your close rate, help you get more referrals, just make life easier for you in the world of sales. Or I also have now started bringing on other top closers, top trainers, people that I respect in the world of sales and have them give their tip. And then that gives me a chance to ask them some questions, dig into it, and hopefully give you guys and girls, I always use guys, you know, as gender neutral, but giving all of you human beings another excellent way of increasing your closing rate and just feeling better about being in the world of sales. So with that, I got a real pro today, someone that you might know and might not know, but he's definitely a world-class closer and trainer, man by the name of Sam Taggart. Sam, how are you? Doing fantastic. So Sam is an expert in a specific area of selling, one that is near and dear to my heart because it was my first sales job. And in fact, I think a lot of the top closers in the world cut their teeth in the area of sales that Sam specialized, which is door-to-door, face-to-face, in-home sales. In fact, Sam has a conference which is coming up, uh, door-to-door conference. Just last weekend. Sorry, just missed it. I people in a live room. We did it live. (laughs) Which I think is great. I spoke there a couple of years back, and it was awesome. All right, so Sam, let's hear one tip, one strategy that you would give to people in the world of sales to help them do better. So the tip I, I, I train on, it's called the Inception Shovel. So it actually comes from a different Leonardo DiCaprio movie, um, Inception, which is um, all about implanting an idea and letting the customer dig instead of you having to dig. I think most sales reps, a lot of times, they are the ones holding the shovel. So I say, if there's a hole and only one shovel and you've got to dig this big hole, there's either you standing at the top of the hole, yelling and looking at the guy digging and being like, good job, keep digging, high five. Or you're at the bottom of the hole, you're digging. You're either one of those two people in any sales situation. And what most people end up doing is let's say this pen's the shovel. They're the ones holding the pen or they're the ones holding the shovel being like, so let me tell you about my company. It's so amazing. We're five stars on this and we're a plus with the BBB and we have the best service and we have the best product. All you're doing is digging where in the, the reverse, if I can plant the seed with right questions, they will then end up doing the digging themselves. So let me give you an example. So most people, they're like trying to sell them like your straight line. They have to be certainty 10 out of 10 on the price or the, the product, the company and you, right? So you're like, okay, mm-hmm. let's, let's take the, the, the company, right? So you're like, okay, Mr. Jordan, um, obviously there's a million competitors of ours. There's a lot of good companies and I'm not saying that all of them are good or bad. I'm not even saying we're good or bad. You obviously want to go with a good company. So 
if you were to go research a company and choose a company and make a decision to say, I'm going to go with this company, what things would you need to have that company have in order to make a decision to go with them? And, they would, and then they would say, so, yeah, you go, let's role play. You'd be the, you'd be the customer. Well, obviously, the one to me is, is um, you know, customer service is huge to me. Like, you know, when I buy stuff, what I hate is if, like, uh, the second I get my credit card swipes, they're like, boom, and they lose my number. I, I want to make sure that, like, they're going to be there after uh, I make the purchase and uh, if I have any problems, they don't, like, duck my calls. That's huge for me. Huge. So, so I, and I can tell you all damn a sales rep. Like, at the end of the day, I can say that I do that, and I'm the best at that. But, like, at the end of the day, like, everybody's saying that they do that. So how would you even know – that you had that customer service. Like, what? Well, like, how would you figure that out if like that company actually had it? I guess what I'd probably look for is I'd check you out online and see what kind of reviews you got. Or if I, you know, knew other people that had, you know, either shopped at your store or been to your car dealership or had a, you know, bought stuff. You know, I'd try to find out like that. Okay. So reviews would be big. Um, yeah. And knowing, okay. So watch the inception part. Ready? So knowing that I have good reviews and and I maybe have high quantity or high stars, I can direct you, do I want you to think high stars or do I want you to think high quantity? So I'm like, all right, let's go quantity route. So I'd say, so Jordan, like, let's say reviews. Is there like a certain number of views that you're like, if they had X amount of reviews, I trust them, they're, they're legit, they've been around long enough. Like, is there a number that you'd feel comfortable with that was like- Yeah, I mean, I think, I think to be honest, I, I kind of just like, you know, I look at the top- you know, I like the top 10. I look at the first 10. I'm lazy. You know, I don't really dig too deep. But I look at the first, you know, bunch. And I just got a general, like if it's on Amazon, I'll, I want to see the ratio of five stars to one stars and stuff like that. And I'll read maybe some. I'll look for the best reviews. So I think it's really means quality is more than quantity. Like, you know. So so as long as they have four, four and a half, four point seven, like what like what's your standard? As long as they have X, Y, Z, you do it. I think four, four stars or more is what I'm looking for pretty much. Perfect. And so if you saw a company that had a significant good enough reviews and quality good reviews over four stars, you'd feel really good about going with them? Yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So I'm not saying that. I'm, watch, pull your phone. So you can Google me, look me up real quick, and then I would let them do it. And then they're like, sure. I'm like, look at that. We're like 4.7 stars. Like that's even above like your normal standard, like high five. Got it. Right. they have been digging the hole. And I'm, I'm basically using different tie downs Letting like, versus me be like, look at us. I have 4.7 stars. It doesn't land as heavy as if I'm guiding them into like, oh, they need to choose to. Sure. So with this, I see. So would this be something that you essentially seed into your intelligence gathering at the beginning? So like, you know, because I think a lot of salespeople, they focus on, you know, questions that they would. Um, and this is a very interesting point you're making, because, you know, intuitively as a salesperson, you'd probably think I want to find out the things I need to know about them in relation to the product I'm selling but maybe not as much about the company that's delivering the product. When in reality, as we do know from the straight line, you studied the straight line, there is more than just the company, the product involved. They also have to trust the company and you as the salesperson. So what you're talking is eliciting, using intelligence gathering to essentially find out what things are important to them about all three of the tens, meaning the, the product, the company, and you, the salesperson, and then finding out what how they measure those criteria and then sort of backing in to that is that what you're doing so, yes so 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 you can do it with all different categories of the sales process price is one right so let's say you build value in all those and all of a sudden i need to i need to use the inception shovel and price so let's take i used to sell alarm systems and 
I would, I built all this value. I'm like, it does cameras and it literally, you could talk to it. It has a cell unit in it. And it literally, it's like its own cell phone on the wall. Like, what do you pay for your cell phone? And then it like literally has, you know, phone access. Like it's a full app that you can control like your thermostat. Like you, and then I build all this value. I'm like, think like how much a month, knowing you pay 150 bucks a month for your cell phone. What do you think a month this would cost? And they're like, Right. Um, I probably like at least at least a hundred bucks a month, maybe more. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's I mean, doing all these, it's like controlling your whole home. So then they would already they've dug the hole by saying at least a hundred bucks. And I'd be like, and you probably would pay around that because you already pay that for your phone and you use that every day. You'd, you'd use this every day. You'd, And then they'd be like, yeah, I mean, and I'm like, I'm not saying that's the price. I'm just saying that's like typically what this would cost sure the essentially essentially what it represents to you it gives them another another way of of saying like what the value of something is in other words like for example i think one of the mistakes that a lot of salespeople make when they sell services especially is they undercharge because they're they're too focused on what something might cost versus what it's worth to someone else so like, you know, what is a solar system? You know, what's what's the pricing? Well, it, it doesn't really matter what the actual cost of the panels are and the inverters and the people that do the labor to install it, right? Maybe the cost of that is $9,000. The question really is, is how much money does it save the person that buys the product? So, you know, if it's saving them a million dollars, let's say in reality, $150,000 over 15 years, whatever it might be then. So you essentially allowing them to interpret value in a way that they can sort of, you know, kind of touch and feel and they sort of, they reveal themselves, so to speak. Right. That's the idea. Yes. Yes. Like it, it literally, it gives them the ability to basically them come up with the answer. So that like sure. the, the Got concept it. Of inception shovel is saying, can they create the value for themselves versus you have to enforce the value on them? Sure. The only Got way it. you can enforce and so a, te- a technique in this is the tonality of kind of this naiveness. It's the, it's the, I'm kind of the new guy. Like, I don't know, like it's hypothetical. I'm just saying like, you have to kind of play this. Like I'm not in, in these types of questions, you kind of have to play the, I don't really know how, like, I, I don't know. Like, like help me out. Almost like help me out, help me out here in a way. Like, listen, maybe you, yeah, they, yeah, like, you know, like, if you can give me, you know, God, you give me, like, you want you give. I think that the key here, is, in a sense, is to say you obviously want to balance that by also that you're an expert at what you do, but maybe in this particular way, in terms, of, you know, as you as the customer, you know, I love, you know, being able. It's important to walk in the customer's shoes, so to speak, to allow the customer, from your perspective, say, I love doing this. I'm, I'm very interested in always what you're thinking. I think one of the biggest mistakes, and this is a, a good for a different reasons, that it prevents a salesperson from becoming a talking head. Where they yes. just like talk, 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 and they're not answer asking even nearly as many questions as they should. Does this something that you would do in the beginning of the sale, or do you do this more towards the end or throughout the sale, filtered in? So here's here's the exercise. If you're a sales trainer, you're managing, you're you're trying to develop salespeople. I literally take a marker, and part of my role plays is I make them go through the entire sales press um, sales presentation. And I say, when the person is asking questions, they hand the shovel. And then when they start selling, they, the customer is trained to hand the shovel back to them. And I say, sure. let's see how long you can go without holding the shovel. Because the goal is to not have the and so that's a good exercise. Obviously, it's not super realistic to be the whole hmm. entire sales process. Sure, yeah, right, right, of course, yeah. 
question, question, question. But it, but it conditions yeah. you to say, I need to be talking way less. But I found it's heavy in the beginning and heavy towards the end because what it's doing is it's putting you in a state of, of the person asking the question. We all heard this. The person asking the questions is always in charge. They're the ones in control. Right. And so when you mm-hmm. sit down with a homeowner and say, so tell me about this. Tell me about this. You obviously have some questions. Like, what do you want to go over? Like, I want to make sure I outline the whole thing right. So talk to me. What, sure. what questions do you have up front so I can get on them? And then towards the end, you're like, okay, obviously I want to make sure I answer all your questions. What questions do you have so far? Like I'm, I'm gathering again towards kind of pre-close. Well, let me say, let me say two things. Number one is that this is officially the first time someone has lifted up a writing instrument to me and not told me to sell them a pen. So I'm happy because I, <laughs> I, had, I, <laughs> I was like, is he going to actually say, sell me this pen? I was like, shovel. I'm like, wow. I was like, oh, you took that. Number two is I think, listen, I think the important thing to take away from this is three things. Number one is that the idea that a salesperson in control is doing all the talking is poison. It's poisonous in any system, especially in the straight line. I always say the key is God gave you two ears and one mouth so you can listen twice as much as you speak. That's number one. Number two is walking in the customer's shoes. You have to always remember that, you know, I think a lot of salespeople, like they use their own map of the world as what must be gospel to the prospect. And frankly, you know, you can't read a prospect's mind. You don't know what they think, what their preconceived notions are and how that allows them to interpret value. So by doing this, you're essentially seeing how the customer makes sense of the world in the context of your product and allows you to tailor your presentation so you're talking about things that make sense to them in how they see the world versus trying to change their mind, right? Of how, like change their way they interpret the world. So go back to the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio of Inception. Their whole thing was they were trying to create scenes and build walls and create scenarios so that the person, when they went into a dream, felt like this was reality. Like Mm -hmm. they- Wanted to, they're only able to create the scene, but they can't change. They're, they're having influence over the person's dream on how good they are at constructing the scene. So think of the movie. It's like, if I can do good and have influence creating a scene or an environment, I then can dictate what you're feeling, thinking, and, and where you're kind of going to go. With yep, you. sure. Sending you off into. So you're the architect. <laughs> I'm the architect. Exactly, the architect. And Leo, you know, like, like the whole thing was how good is my architect? And you guys didn't architect this scene good. You have holes. Therefore, you're going to right. lose them. And their dream's going to get fall off. They go the wrong way. So. And there you go. A man, Theon Hart, using movie analogies for everything. By the way, did you see Tenet, the movie? I have not. And I heard it was like take exception times 10. Like I heard it was like. I, I, still, I, I saw the movie. I read an analysis of the movie. Watched it again, and I still don't understand what the hell is going on. And everyone in my look, they're all saying, "Neither do I." No one gets. It's really honestly, I think you kind of missed the boat in that one, which is sad because there's not a lot of great movies coming out these days. But anyway, listen, Sam, you are awesome. Everyone, uh, you can find Sam Taggart where on just thedddexperts.com or at the Sam Taggart. Um, you follow on YouTube, Instagram, all the all the things. But yeah, here to here to help do a lot of sales training. You know, I feel like face to face, door to door. It's most, it's the purest form. It's like the, the human interaction. And, and, and I found that it produces some of the best sales reps out there. 
There you go. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to another awesome round of Sales School. We'll talk again manana. Take care. God bless y'all. Bye-bye.